This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're reviewing one of my picks. And super curious how this is going to go. But we're reviewing War for the Planet of the Apes. And uh, I picked this because I'm a homer for the Planet of the Apes anything. I just I love that franchise. I love the movies uh, with one maybe one and a half exceptions. Um, I've read most, uh, I've read almost every comic book that says Planet of the Apes on it, <laughs> somewhere on the cover. Uh, I, I love them, and uh, they've got a really good batting average. And so I thought, you know, this would be a fun one. Um, honestly, I didn't realize when I put it on the schedule that it was a tie-in to the movies. I thought it was part of the comic book universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so actually, I might have picked a different one, because I was trying to get one from the comics. Uh, that was tied into the, the long-running comic series. And so I might have picked a different if I'd known that, but uh, we'll see how how feelings are on that. I'm, I'm not sure if I need to defend myself or not. I think it works out doing it this way, too, because I'm sure Josh hasn't read any of the Planet of the Apes. I haven't read any Planet of the Apes, but we've seen at least one of the movies. Yeah. So it worked out for us. We'll see. Um, okay. I've got I've got questions about that. Th- thoughts. Uh, anyway... Uh, so it's time for the live-action Batman grades. This is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live-action. And for best to worst, those are Bell, Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. Uh, so, Sam, you're first out of the gate. What is your live-action Batman grade? Well, I know you was worried about it, but I actually really, really enjoyed this. And I gave it a bell. Just full marks. Wow. Yeah, I was. I really had no complaints. I liked it so much that I sat my daughters down and we watched the first movie. So wow. we, we, okay. we really enjoyed it, yeah. All right, Josh. Let's go the other way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I waffled on the grade because I've only saw the first movie, and I don't feel like this is that great of a tie-in. Uh, so I was a little bit lost on some of the stuff. Uh, so I'm going west. I went on the bottom half of the scale. I, I dropped it pretty low. All right. So I think some of my concerns are probably what? Uh, some of my fears are what are, are bothering you. Um, I think some of them came true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've seen, I mean, <laughs> everything that has Planet of the Apes on it, except for that horrible TV show. I watched like an episode or two of that and I was good. Um, but I struggle with my grade because I'm not sure, uh, how good this is for somebody who hasn't seen the movies. Um, Sam, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably in the minority people that just love this thing without having seen the second and third movie. Cause this is situated between them. Yep. And my fear is, is if you haven't seen at least Dawn, which is the second one, um, then you're going to be lost. And I, I just, I have concerns about that. But I, I think if you've, if you've seen all three of those movies, then yeah, I would definitely recommend this. Um, so I, I think just in terms of what the book is itself, um, I'm probably going west on it. I still had a really good time. I really enjoyed it. Uh, no, I take that back. That's the wrong grade. I meant Keaton. Top, 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 top half. Um, okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I said the wrong number. I said the wrong. Josh threw me off. Um, so I just just on what it is itself, I'd say Keaton. But as far as a tie-in for the movies, I would go up to an Affleck. I think if if you want, if you if you situate this between those movies and you're familiar with those movies and you're fond of those movies, then I think this is going to work really well for you. Um, but just as the book in and of itself, I'm just going to have to go Keaton on it. Yeah. I had trouble grading it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if it's because I come up with fresh eyes or whatever, but 
I enjoyed it so much I went back because I've already seen the first movie. I hadn't seen the second or third one, but I own them. I don't know why I haven't watched them, but I do enjoy the the story and what's going on with it. So I, if you just watch the first one, it kind of leads up what's going to happen. But And then this kind of helps fill in the blank. But still, like you said, it's between the second and third one. Yeah. Um, well, you know some of the characters. Like, you know you know Caesar and you know Rocket and you know yeah. uh, uh, the big orangutan. Who's barely in this book, but... yeah. Um, I can't even forget his name. It doesn't matter. Um, so that's that's with the exception of Josh. I mean, Sam went so high that it <laughs> brings the average yeah, up. The average is up. <laughs> so I, I waffled. I waffled with a Keaton or a West. Uh, but I've I've got one comment I'll make later in the show that I think explains why I made I picked West. But I, I would say definitely is if you've seen the movies and have any fondness for them, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this book and you're gonna get more out of it. If you don't like Planet of the Apes movies, or I don't, you wouldn't probably read this anyway. But if you haven't seen these movies, I mean, I don't know that I would recommend reading this before watching the movies. Yeah, no, it would make sense that way. Yeah, Josh is shaking his head real hard. All right, <laughs> All right here are our creator credits. Uh, this was written by David F. Walker, who's a writer I like. Um, art was by Jonas Scharf. Colors by Jason Wordy. Letters by Ed Dukesher. Cover by Robert Samelin, and this was published by Boom Studios. Um, I think Boom's got a pretty good batting average. Uh, we haven't yeah, done a lot so. of Boom on the show, but I, I, I think we've liked most everything we've done. Yep. All right, well, that is all you get in the spoiler-free zone. We're about to head into the realm of the nuclear radiation. So here's the spoiler klaxon. And I bungled it again. That was different in my head. Anyway. <laughs> Someday. Three, three, three years from now. Yeah, um, it wasn't the worst one. Yeah, that's true. Of course, that's not a, not a hard part of <laughs> All right. Time for the bass size breakdown. Sam, go. So I have the privilege of going first, and I don't know how this is going to work. So bear with me. If I fumble around, I'm sorry. All right, so it begins in Reno, Nevada, at the zoo, where a woman is talking bad to one of the travelers that is going to the market. And it jumps to San Francisco. A group of humans are running for their lives from a group of apes. One of the, one of the men sacrifices himself so the others can escape and save the children. Only for the group to run straight into a dead-end street. An explosion in the distance stops the apes from attacking. Then it jumps to Caesar, who is talking to his group and telling them, the war isn't over, and a human army is coming. The only way they can survive is if they fight with the guns. And then it jumps to Florida. It says, two guys are capturing apes for a reward so they, re they can research them. They run into a blocked highway when they are attacked and killed by the apes, and the, and the apes that were captured are all freed. And then it jumps back to the zookeeper, and the zookeeper reaches the market and tells his group to get ready for anything. Then the colonel... And then it jumps to the colonel, and his army have reached San Francisco, and Caesar tells his apes, war has arrived. There was a lot going in that one. Yeah. It it does jump around a lot, so I try to imply the, the jump in it, but they made it work. Yeah. All right, so chapter two. Things get hairy for the zookeeper and family at the trading post. Caesar sends off his son, Blue Eyes, to find a new safe place for the apes to live. The two remaining scientists have discovered that the virus has mutated and may cause cognitive issues for humans now. The zookeeper and family end up dead, 
Meanwhile, Colonel goes to the Portland Research Center, kills all of the apes slash test subjects. He also kills the scientists for not finding a cure yet. All right, issue three. Everything is coming to a head in this issue. The Colonel has settled on his plan to eradicate the apes and save humanity. The zookeeper is dying, and Bad Ape is taking over leadership as the locals and the military prepare to attack them. The apes have a small battle with some humans, and he spares them saying he wants to stop the killing because he has a plan. Lastly, in Atlanta, the doctor is despairing as an army of apes is closing in. Bum, bum, saw, bum. Yeah, so <laughs> issue four, uh, Caesar is, read, is readying his apes for battle. Back in Atlanta, the apes have made it into the research facility and are freeing all the research apes. At the zoo, the humans are attacking. And it's back to the research facility. The apes have cornered the doctor and break into his room to free the last ape and then kill him. At the zoo, the apes are trying to escape but are getting shot like fish in a barrel. Only one makes it out alive. Caesar and his group reach the power station only to, to be ambushed by the colonel. But Caesar realizes at the last second and attacks first and easily wins the fight. He then blows up the power station and they go to find a new home. I'll try to make that one short. That's all I had. Yeah, it was this thing cut back and forth really fast. Yeah, it did. Well, we'll get into that. Maybe you'll have some comments on that. I was going to make it say something, but we've got we've got the graphically novel pyramid for that. And that's the part of the show where we evaluate our graphic novel based on three elements we believe it needs to be a good book. And the first of these is story. Second is art. Third is characters. Josh, you're first on story. What do you got? All right. Uh, so one, the story, you can be lost if you haven't watched the movies. Because this, I think, takes place 10 years after Caesar escapes. So I think this is 10 years after the first movie, right? I think the second movie was 10 years after the first one. And this happens, like, right after the Okay, so, yeah, movie. it's been about a decade. So a lot of stuff has changed in the ape apocalypse in a decade. So coming right out of the Franco movie, uh, there was a lot of stuff that I wasn't sure what was going on. And I don't know how many of these characters people already were familiar with like i don't know if this is the first time you meet the colonel or not is this your introduction to him so there was like a lot of stuff i wasn't sure on uh that i don't know how much people are going to get from having watched the movies so that was the kind of thing on stories i was just lost through it and then what bumped it from the keaton to the west the reason i dropped it down it, it's just incredibly sad it's a buzzkill. <laughs> if you're in any kind of a halfway good mood, don't read this thing. It's just, it's sad after sad after sad. There, there's no lighthearted moments. There's no little rays of sunshine in the story. It's just sad. Four issues of sadness. And that's what bumped it down to the West. Because I got down to reading it and I was just like, man, like I was in a bad mood. I was depressed a little bit. I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's not an uplifting story. Uh, and I wasn't familiar with what was going on. I really didn't know many of the characters. Uh, just It's know. probably been a long time since you've seen the first movie. So you, you When probably, it came out 10 years ago, how long it's been. It's been 10 years since I saw the yeah. you know, so, opening so you, movies. So you've probably lost in it. I think if you'd have watched the first movie, it would have helped you a little bit. Maybe. But, but, you know, I think the story was really good. I know it was sad and it was down, but I think they made you – feel that way so you could understand where they're coming from what they're doing why the apes are doing what they're doing and also it gives you the the side of the story of the humans what they're trying to do to save their 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 race and the apes are doing what they do to save their race so it's like a, a battle of i don't know what you would call it at that point but it's survival for both 
both sides, you know. It, it was really compelling to me. I, I enjoyed it so much that, like I said, I went as soon as I got done reading it, I pulled my daughters in. It's like, let's watch this movie. I want to introduce y'all to something, and and they enjoyed it. Well, I, I think that I think you're both right, um, at least partially. I mean, I, I think it's a good story, but I think it's a good story only in the context of the movies. Of the um, movies, yep. Because this thing does this isn't a standalone story, because we're not really introduced to the characters. We just start stuff just starts happening, and it's not so much a it's not not like a plot line that goes like with a beginning, middle, and an end. It's just stuff that happens between the movies, so we don't get like a big resolution at the end. We don't have like a firm opening. Um, it's just. What what happened, you know? And we introduced yeah. the colonel, who's not the colonel's not in the second movie; he's in the third movie. Uh, Bad ape is not in the second movie; he's in the third movie. So we're introducing characters that we're going to learn about later on, and um, and we're learning about how the apes got situated because they're in a different place being in the third movie than in the second movie. And this explains how that happened, but it's not it's not really a standalone story. There's not like a not a plot here. It's just exp- introductions and explanations for the third movie. Yeah, it's and, a, like a definitely a prequel, a filler. Yeah, between movies. But I, but I did enjoy it. Like I said, I'm you know, I mean, War, the, the the third movie of that series is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so I'm like, I'm bringing so much fondness. I mean, for Bad Ape, <laughs> I love that guy, and just to see where Bad Ape came from is like, well, this is amazing. Yeah. But I'm not sure if this is going to have that. You know, how many people are going to have that response? Because right. we're, we're not we're not you know, it's not a story about like you know something that Bad Ape went through. We're not seeing his character transform. It's just like, hey, this is where he came from. Um, I, I almost think they should have picked at least one of the characters or one of the events that was happening and made that like a through line for all four of the issues. Cause it's really just so all over the place. Like the Colonel's going to all these different places and doing stuff. Caesar's here. He's there. He's going to the hydro plant, the station, you know, these bounces. It just, there wasn't really any kind of thread that connected everything. And it, it did feel we're just really random. I mean, you could tell in our breakdowns, it was just bouncing to here, bouncing to here, bouncing to here. It was, it was kind of all yeah. over the place. It, it, I think it was four, uh, four storylines what they was following because they had Caesar, the research Colonel, and then the farm, the zoo. The zoo yeah. And Co- and Coba's army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, forgot, well, I didn't mention him in the notes. Well, well, Koba's not uh, with his army anymore for spoiler yeah. reasons, but that but those are the people like the, in the second movie. There's a big conflict between the different eight factions, yeah. And the faction that's going to Atlanta is the faction that left that was led by Koba. Mm-hmm. We don't even there's 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 so just plot filler that we don't even there's we don't know any characters like this is just giant horde of apes. We don't even know we don't know who's leading them. We don't know anything about them. We don't know what their plan is. We just know they're yep. going to Atlanta. Yeah, I mean. That's that's pretty weak sauce. I mean, yeah. well, especially when that. you don't know who those people are <laughs> or those yeah. apes are. You know, I don't know yeah. those characters at all. Yeah, you probably remember who Kobe is. Do you? He's from the first one. He was the one to beat I, up. I, re- Caesar. I think I remember him. He was the one. He was he wanted to retaliate against the humans, and Caesar yeah. was like, "Let's just go in the woods and be hippies." <laughs> 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 that's what he was shooting for. I think. Uh, what? <laughs> Kobo got an AK-47. He's awarded Parkinstocks. One other thing I thought, too, was uh, I didn't think the dialogue between the characters was that great. I, I, I don't... I don't know, maybe it's just because there wasn't so much story elements. I just thought some of the... Well, it's because most of the apes use sign language. There really wasn't a lot of dialogue. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> I don't know. That might be more of a character interaction. That might be later down the pyramid. But I, I really... I, I thought the dialogue was kind of lacking. Well, the 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 ape talk is is stilted. 
but like yeah. I thought I thought with the colonel and his troops, I thought that flowed pretty well. Um, I the thought research. Uh, yeah, the research teams communicating across country. I thought those were yeah, pretty base good. Base to base, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really. I think Maybe Josh I was, was just, just sad and I was tired of everybody being bum bummed out about everything. Well, it's an apocalypse, man. It's an <laughs> apocalypse. It's apocalypse now. You got to. <laughs> You got to throw something in there. There's got to yeah. be something that makes me smile in the whole thing, and there wasn't. I was just there's frowning some, the whole time. There's there's some of the third movie. Okay. But I, I looked up David Walker just now, the writer Sam. Um, he's written quite a bit of stuff that you like. Uh, that Power Man, Power Man Iron Fist series. Oh yeah. You like so much. It, that's David Walker. He wrote a Luke Cage series that I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written quite a bit of stuff. Uh, a lot a lot of ape stuff. I probably read some of his ape stuff too, but um. But I do think it is a good bridge between the two movies, though. Yeah. Uh, we are introduced characters. We learn more about how the colonel got set up to where he is in the third movie. We get I did, more time with Bad Ape makes me happy. I mean, I would read the adventures of Bad Ape, um, <laughs> and it fleshed out some of the interesting bits, like how how they got to their new home, like how no, that happened. Yeah. That was cool to see, um, and it was a good look at the rest of the world because in the on all of the movies, those things are laser focused on Caesar. And we don't even know what's happening outside of San Francisco, basically. <laughs> we don't know yeah. really what's happening to the rest of the world. Who knows? So it was nice to see what's happening with two research centers. We see Cobas. Some, what happened, we see what happened to Cobas apes. Like, yeah. it, was ni- it was nice to see that get fleshed out some. So uh, it, it was beneficial in that regard, story-wise. Uh, I dug it. All right. Smart? <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk about smart. I hope this redeemed things a little bit for Josh. I thought that he did, uh, that Johnny Scharf did a great job on the apes. I thought they looked so cool. Um, and they look like the apes from the movies, but they don't look like, they're not like photo, you know, shop yep. or whatever into the issue. They just, they're clearly drawn, but you can tell that this is Caesar from the movies. You can tell that it's Rocket from the movie. It's Bad Ape from the movies. Um, and he made them all look very distinct. Even like the big crowd of Cobas apes, they don't get names, they don't get personalities, but every ape in that big horde, at least, at least the ones in the foreground, they're distinctive. Everyone looks mm-hmm. different. Um, I can't imagine how long that took. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think he did a. I, I just I love how how good a job he did with the apes. Like even Donkey, the the big uh, gorilla that goes with the humans. I mean, he's he's clearly the character from the movie, and we see his story and how he got where he where he is. You know, where that, when that movie begins, it's just it, it looks so good and distinctive. And yeah, I agree with all that. And, you know, I think they done like with the emotions, even with the apes, the, their, their sadness, their anger, they showed, especially the anger, especially when that Cobra's armor is at the research facility and he's attacking, oh man, they, they get that across, like the rage and, you know, it, it gets the emotion across so well and and even the fight scenes are easy to follow. I think the color was good. Even the, like like when their hair, like like when they was fighting, like the hair, I mean, they've done such an amazing job with all this. Like you said, even all they're all distinct you could tell them they're from the movies too. So I have no, nothing bad to say about this. I actually really thoroughly enjoyed the art. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you guys. It was good. Uh, it's not like the best art I've ever looked at in my entire life, but it was good. I mean, it was solid. The uh, the color was good. Uh, I will say, uh, just to tag on with you guys talking about the uh, apes and the chimps, is I'm glad they left them looking like apes and chimps. I, I could see how it would be easy to try to morph more human features onto them so that they would be more expressive or relatable. So I, I'm glad they kept them. They yeah. drew them as chimps, not as people. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I think that would be easy with the, uh, I think Koba was the one that had the goatee though. He, he was starting to look kind of like a, 
old man there with his goatee well, that, and his bald head. That wasn't so. actually Koba. Oh, was that not Koba? No, no, but that's yeah. I'm not. I want you to watch the movies. I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. Well, don't tell me. But anyways, he 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 <laughs> he was starting to look kind of humany there. Uh, but for the most part, I, I thought they did a really good job with the uh, with the chin. I think that was the highlight of the art. Was the was uh, the apes? My my only even like slight nitpick is I felt like the um, the action scenes could have been a little more exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, just a little bit more dynamic. I mean, they were still they were still fun. They were exciting. You got the job. Got the point the point across, but I just felt like it. You know, I, I didn't feel like those scenes were as tense as they could be. I feel like the emotional moments were actually more tense than the action moments. Yeah. But I mean, to be a Warfare Planet Apes book or whatever, it's it wasn't a lot of action in it really. I mean, a lot of shooting, but no like no like big fight scenes kind of stuff. Like superhero fights, we're used to. Yeah, but like but like the battle at the farm. I mean, I, that one especially was pretty underwhelming. Yeah. Um, the battle at the dam was a little better, but like, I mean, there was, I mean, like there was the, only like one, the, yeah. But like the the opening battle, um, with uh, um, the the people like the guy sacrificed himself. I mean, we could have lingered a little bit longer, and that could have been more like scary and showed like really how bad things got with Koba's army before it left, you know. And I don't know, it just it seemed like it was a a, a little bit underwhelming. But that was all. I mean, I still, but I yeah. still liked the action. Yeah, arc. I still liked. I yeah. just felt like. I just, I don't think it wasn't where it could have been, where I would like it to be. I like it. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Jonah Sharp's a good artist. I've read other stuff, but Jonah Sharp is drawn. It's, it's always good. Uh, characters, Sam, lead us off. All right, so we've already alluded to it a little bit. These are characters you have to go into knowing who they are. They really don't give them names in the comic. All them, they really <clears throat> name is Caesar, and then the Colonel's just Colonel. I mean, the zookeeper guy, they called him Mr. Zookeeper. They didn't, they didn't give him a name. <laughs> and then all the people with him didn't get a name. So, so there's like a lot of a lot of characters, but no names, no development with them. Usually, like I said, you have to go in knowing who they are. And if you're new to it, you won't know who they are. But saying that, like the apes interactions, like especially at the zoo, when the, the zookeeper dies and he tells the ape to make sure all the animals are fed. So the one... Leads all those around, making them feed, do the tours and stuff. So you, you kind of get the one trying to fill the role. So he, he's trying to take over. And then when he's making his escape, he's holding the, the small one. And it gets shot. And then he, he keeps saying, no, 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 over. Like, they make you feel emotions for these characters. Even though they're on there a little bit and you don't know their names or know nothing about them, you still feel for the, the, the apes going through this. So like, I think they've done a really good job capturing that part. The struggle. Yeah. Uh Go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead. Um, some of these were, were characters in the movies, and some of them weren't. Yeah. And I felt like that the new characters didn't make any impression at all. Um, like the, like the two scientists who were talking over CB, who knows what they're talking over at that point of an apocalypse. But um, it, the guy in Atlanta, I mean, maybe a little bit. You can tell you can tell he's actually fond of the, the test subjects. Yeah. But I mean, we don't really know anything about him. They don't make a, he doesn't make a big impression. The zookeeper, who knows? He didn't get a name. I mean, I don't know anything about him. Um, the people who are mean to bad ape, I mean, I, whatever. I mean, we don't even know who they are. Um, and 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 for the ones who are carryovers, it, it's depending too much on our knowledge of the movies. Yep. I mean, do they even say Rocket's name? Nope. Uh, the no, number two uh, to Caesar. I mean, we don't. Even, they just you have to know who Rocket is. Yeah. Um, and so. I just I think that that's a real flaw. Um, 
It just you they you have you have to bring too much knowledge to the book to to, to get as much out of it as you could. Yep, that that's one of my biggest things. Like I just can't believe they didn't even in their they, they could have made like just name drops in their speech uh, uh, blocks, or whatever, and they didn't even give names. That's, that's what drove me crazy. Yeah, I felt like the Mister Zookeeper was something when they were doing storyboard and they were just label this character Mr. Zookeeper as we're working out what we're doing. And then they never went back and gave him a name. They just kept him Mr. Zookeeper. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, there there could have been more background, especially since this is the introduction to the Colonel character. It would have been cool to get a little bit of backstory on him, on why he's got people following him, what he's doing. Uh, You know, I don't know if maybe that's addressed in the movies. You get a backstory in him. See, so I'm I'm, I'm 100% the wrong demographic for this thing. I'm not the person they wrote this for. I think they told David Walker he couldn't put it in the book because they were saving it for the movie. Right. So, yeah, that 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 to me is just because we don't really get any kind of backstory or any kind of character development from these people uh, prior or any kind of flashbacks to, to see why they're in, what state of mind they're in. I have no idea why people are doing what they're doing. The motivations in this were just a complete mystery, uh, which sucks because it could have been good. I mean, Mr. Zookeeper, I mean – He's obviously being very mean to Bad Eight, him and his other people. But also, he's feeding them, he's taking care of them, he's protecting them. He gave him a gun, you know, as a, to signal. So he obviously trusts him some. But he's being so that that could have been a really cool dynamic to explore. You know, why he's protecting the apes and protecting the zoo, but also being mean to him. Like I feel like something happened in his past that really confused him. Uh, so that that could have been explored, and it would have made the story a lot better. But again, I. And you said this is just filler info between the movies, and it's really Mr. Zookeeper is not important to the movie, so I guess he's not important to this comic. And you know, it, it could have been a lot better with 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 some more backstories. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, yeah. and and, that, and that's why I couldn't go higher as far as like the actual grade for the book. I couldn't go higher than a key. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, Sam, like you said, that uh, bad eight. You you just instantly feel so sorry for him and want know, nice man. things to happen to him. Like I feel like the only thing I want to remember about reading this is that scene with the bad ape escaping the zoo with that yep. you know baby he, chimp. He, he, and he thought he was so happy that he saved one. And I know he didn't like 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 I almost teared up. I'm, I'm a grown man. Yeah. Like oh man, that <laughs> kind of broke me down inside because I've got little kids. I could imagine the struggle. You know, like, right. kind of hit a soft spot on me. It's like, oh, yeah. That's what I said. Depressing. That's the only yeah. thing I'm going to remember from this. Probably you ask me in three months what I remember from reading more of the Planet of the Apes. I'll be like, oh, bad ape carrying that dead <laughs> chimp around. Like, it's yeah. so sad. And that's all I'm going to remember. And it's been, that's not good. <laughs> really bummed me out. It's still bumming me out. I can <laughs> still bumming me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to give us some words? <laughs> yep. Let's try to turn that frown upside down. (laughs) Can you dig it? Can you dig it? (laughs) These are the things we dig most in War for the Planet of the Apes. Josh, what was your base cover? Okay, so it's uh, for chapter four. It was on page 74 in just the red tones, but it was uh, in color on page 103. That's the one with, uh, I'm guessing, Caesar on the horse with the moon and the I don't know why the clouds are red, but I, just, I thought that was a really cool cover. Yeah, looks really cool. Uh, I like all of the ones by Mikhail Barulko. I've got okay. a, I've got backups for the alternates too. Um, I just picked one 
Um, I went with uh, on page 100, uh, the, the, the subscription cover by Jay Shaw. Oh, that looks so cool. Yeah, that was one of my backups. That, that's backup. that's a good throwback to the original Planet of the Apes too. Because Charlton yeah. Heston, that's his line. It's got Charlton Heston's line on it. Yeah, it's got yeah. a skeleton's hand holding his rifle still. Well, it's his cold dead hands. It's a cold yeah, dead hand holding that gun. I was saying, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, still I, saying, I loved it. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> still, yeah, it's really cool. All right, so, All right. so y'all y'all call that both mine that I really liked. So I'm gonna go. I have a third one because I, I I really struggled. So page 28, it's issue two, and. It's just Caesar in the red. I liked it. Yeah. With the flames burning. 99 in color. Yep. Is that the same one on 99? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were all in color in the back. I didn't catch that at first either until I went back and looked. Oh, yeah. It's the same one, ain't it? Uh, I think I like it better all red. Maybe. My, uh, the other one I wanted to point out, my backup, uh, was uh, on page 97. It was the uh, Chimp Skull. Because it's the only one where you get like a big pop of color. It's all this white, and then it's got the yeah. uh, skull on there. I thought that one was pretty good. It, yeah. When you're browsing through the pages, that one really stands out, I think. I like that it has the font from the old movies, too. Yeah. I think that's the font from the old movies. It looks, looks like, like it. it. I think so, yeah. All right. Um, I did also enjoy page 98. That's a, that's a scene right out of the movie. So I just... And that's yeah. the way Caesar looks in the movie. Not a happy camper. <laughs> only, only four uh, issues and we called out six covers. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there were only eight, so there was a lot of good covers. Um, so next award is best character, and I'm going to go with Bad Ape. I just love that guy. I don't know. I'm bringing a lot of fondness from the movie. Uh, we reviewed the, that movie for uh, the third movie, War for Planet of the Apes, on Nerds of the Round Table, and I picked him for my best character there too. I just I love Bad Ape. I mean, if you don't like that guy, you're probably a jerk, and we're not. We couldn't ever be friends. Yeah. <laughs> And I, so I'm, not, I'm bringing a lot of positive baggage from the movie with me, but I, I think he's got a really cool storyline here, and they get you on his side, and then you're just you, you grieve with him when the when the the small champ has died, and and they just you really you you get a kick out of him, but also just because he's got an interesting speech pattern, um, but you just you just want good things to happen for that poor guy. Yep, and I, and I agree. That's who I picked down too. Is a bad eight, and you know. Because you get such a emotional connection with him, and you, you feel for the for him as a character, and you don't really do that with anybody else in this in this comic. So he, he's definitely the best character in this one. Yep, I had a slashy. I had none because none of the characters really <laughs> grabbed me. But then I had slash bad ape because I yeah. wish we'd have got more time with him. It's just like you guys said, it, it's so easy to sympathize with him, and, and you know he's really the main eight from the ones I remember that I was like, all right, I'm on his side. I'm, I'm picking up a guy. I'm living with the eights. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on his side. Yeah. <laughs> like, bad things are happening to him and they need to stop. And I'm going to help him stop. Like, I, I got your back. We'll do. Yeah. You guys got to watch the rest of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, gonna I'm going to, to. I'm, yeah. I'm going to, you need to start over at the beginning though, Josh. Oh yeah. No, I will. 10 years. I've got just like her crazy memory. I can remember everything. Yeah. You don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Anywho. <laughs> just going to leave that laying right where you uh, fit it down. Uh, Sam, what's your base panel? Page 26, panel 5. Caesar at the bottom. Just the details. Another one of his, his face and the hair and stuff. I really enjoyed that one. And the big grimace. Yep. Uh, I'm going to skip you, Josh. Um, I picked this exact same panel. It looks great. And I think it's got a really blank background, but it's got that anger. Just the whole red background, just to show his emotion. You know, he's angry. It's that you know that red fury thing he's got going on. 
it just works really well. I, I love yeah. that panel. I do too. That was a good one. Uh, I did not pick that one. It's not a three peat. Uh, but go over to page eighty nine. It's panel one. It's the uh, fight on the uh, dam or at the electric uh, power station. The bridge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Caesar with his guns. Oh that yeah. Was my just looking. Yeah, he's looking ferocious there. Fight like Fight apes. Like apes. Yeah. 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 That was a good one. Yeah, he doesn't. He wants the killing to stop, but like, you know, you come, you come knocking on his door, he's gonna answer. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, Josh, what's your best dialogue? I struggled with this one, and let me get over to it here. It's on page fifty-two. It's the colonel. Uh, it's when they're going around looking for supplies or survivors, and uh, the guy's like, you know, there's not a lot of survivors. And uh, the colonel says, it's time we face the harsh reality. The human race is still dying off, maybe faster than we can save it. Maybe the wound is too deep for us to stop the bleeding. But if extinction is our fate, I'm not going without a fight. And I just thought that was good. Yeah, and I think that this scene here is an allusion to the movie. I think they're not telling us what all's going on there. Um, I think it's explained. I think this is something that they talk about in the movie. I think this is where it's supposed to have happened. Right. So. I, I thought that was just a little bit of kind of a backstory where you see why he's so focused on what doing what he's doing is that he's in, in his mind. He thinks he's what he's doing is the right thing to save the human race. He thinks the entire human race is at stake and he's the one that's going to save it. So you, you, you get a little dabble into why he's doing the things he's doing. Well, I'm going with the other general in this conflict. I'm going with page 60. And it's uh, Caesar sort of explaining things. And they've just won their little skirmish with those guys out in the field. And he says, I do not want to kill. Apes do not want war. I do not want war. And then Rocket says, you know, humans try to kill apes. Why do we let the humans live? He says, humans kill apes. Apes kill the humans. The killing must stop or we will all be dead. He says, take the weapons and supplies and set them free. And then Rocket just says, you know, they will come back, try to kill apes again. He says, we'll find a way to stop the killing. I have a plan. I just, I love Caesar's attitude there. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that's good. I, I like that one. And then, and then even the middle of a war zone where they've killed apes and there's been bloodshed all around him. And he's still like, yeah, I got a plan. We're going to stop the killing. I just, I love that about him. Mm-hmm. Right, that, that's a good one. And then I have a different one. So I went back with Josh. I went to Colonel. And it's when he first arrives at San Fran. I can see who said you all are on. Yeah. <laughs> no, th- th- I just talked to what he says here. They're talking about uh, wanting to go there, all this stuff. And he says, uh, should we fire on them? He says, no, not yet. We wait. And then the guy's like, why wait? Because only fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And it shows that he's smart and knows that they're they're dangerous and that he shouldn't run in. I, I just like the way he was handling that. But no, I'm not on his side. Even though I probably, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. best full page spread. Um, I've got a three-way tie. Can I pass? There's like three. Yeah, you can pass. Well, I, think, I, think there's like, I think there's actually four. Oh, and okay. I love three of them. So you all can well, pick and I'll take whatever's left. Okay, I went with page 72. I liked seeing them marching in on uh, Atlanta. I know it's not a complete full page, but I just love seeing them in mass under the bridge and him leading them. Yeah, that's great. That was one of my three. Yeah, it looks awesome, and they and they look so intimidating there. Yeah. All right, you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, so one of your other picks, I'm betting, is page eighty six. 
It's yep. Bad Ape holding the champ. Yep. I wanted yeah. to pick that one, but I just I was like Josh, I was too sad. Like, like I said, yeah, it's got the little babies or uh, little uh, chimps uh, doll he was holding and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, alligator, man. crocodile. Yeah, it's so sad, and that, that, that's what's going to stick with me from reading this. Yeah, and it's so well drawn. Uh, okay, page fifty-eight's mine then. Those those were two of my three. Uh, Caesar on the horse, looking like a bad butt. Yep. Got that Caesar grimace going on. So your dialogue and that best uh, full pages from that one. Yep. All right. Uh, last award is best action scene. And Sam, the, the plot may have been a little thin, but there was lots of action. There was lots of action. And, you know, I went with the last one on page 87 where uh, the humans set up an ambush, but Caesar, as they're coming in, they smell the humans and stop, and then they attack and set it all off. And it was just amazing how they done it back and forth and even though the apes won easily but how they won because the, they won't kill other apes and the ape walks in front of them so i mean it, it was it was really interesting action scene yep i agree page 87 through the end yep. uh the fight on the dam it was it was great and the, and the, and they accomplished their mission too they yeah they, they blew it up so yeah uh yeah i'm not gonna say that's a spoiler for the movie um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page. I mean, that's the exact same thing I picked, that, the fight on the bridge. Although yeah. the um, the assault on the uh, research center in Atlanta was pretty intense. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't really get capturing the emotions, which Caesar looks mean. I mean, he looks tough on this last one we're talking about. But yeah, that's and that wasn't Toba that was going into the... Whichever one that was, again, we didn't get any names for any of these uh, characters. Uh yeah, that dude's intense. He's on a mission. <laughs> I like that guy. He, he's getting stuff done. He was almost my favorite character. I almost picked him for my best character because you could see why he's doing what he's doing. He wants to freeze people. Yeah. Anyway, that's off off the yeah, subject. Sorry. I did. Right, like you want to cast this thing? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Josh, you get to go first uh, with Caesar. Who's your voice actor for Caesar? Gerard Butler. That's not terrible. Yeah, not terrible. Nice. No, yeah. He's probably not going to do good in the mocap suit, but for the voice stuff, I think he'll do okay. Uh, the voice, speaking. yeah, the voice was what I was really focused yeah. on, and yeah. I think that we need somebody who can be tough but also have, be sensitive. Um, because C- Caesar is not just this, you know, rage monster who's always just gruff and being tough all the time. Um, he's got to have his soft moments with his wife and with his kids and with his trusted leaders and, you know, really reflect on what's going on around him. So I'm with Vigo Mortensen. I feel like he could do Ooh. both of those things. He can be tough yeah, when it's good. time to be tough, but also when it's time to be, you know, have scenes with Liv Tyler. And, you know, he pulled those off really well, too. <laughs> you know? That's, Viggo that's good. Yeah, I know. No, that's cool. And I went with another guy. I, I was thinking the same thing. It could do both. Be a leader... And then have his rage moments, and then be the tender also. And I went with Bradley Cooper. I think he's got an amazing voice range. He could really pull that off. I I did not know for a while that he was Rocket. Yeah. Rocket Rocket. It don't sound like him. It, it doesn't really sound like Bradley Cooper at all. And then you watch him in uh, Stars Born with Lady Gaga. You wouldn't think it was him neither. He sounded like Sam. His name Sam Elliott. Sounds just like him. If I've watched the movie, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a houseful right. woman, so I, I, I get it. Um, my my pick for the Colonel um, is Tom Hardy. He does. He does. He plays such a good villain. I mean, yeah. If you if you, you, you want to cast somebody like it, I mean, he's he's never a bad choice. Yeah, and he can do intense, but unhinged yeah. at the same time too. Um, yeah. And he'd shave his head for it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he would. Yeah. And wear a weird mask if he wanted him to. <laughs> do a weird voice, even. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's a really good answer. I mean, always the right answer with him. But every time I looked at this colonel in this comic, I could not get my head off of Matthew McConaughey from Reign of Fire. That's the oh, straight yeah. same character. That's Matthew McConaughey. Same haircut, same beard. The intensity he brought to the role. I mean, he... That's Matthew McConaughey. I still think you could do it now. I don't have time machining. Because the colonel is a little older. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. That's who I got. And he he does that slightly unhinged, but still in control. I think he can do that pretty well. Like he, yeah. he can get that look in his eyes where you're like, oh, that guy may, maybe. Not I think that's how he control. wakes up in the morning. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know I, I think that's the right answer. I really do. But Tom, Tom Hardy's a great answer, too, though. I mean, you yeah. can't hardly ever go wrong. I think you're just outnumbered, so we'll take the win. <laughs> Truth is not a democracy, Philly. Uh, <laughs> you're, out, you're outnumbered. <laughs> it don't matter. It's our truth versus yours. <laughs> I don't think that's how objective reality works, but whatever. Uh, next one is <laughs> Dr. Burke. He's the Atlanta doctor, who I called the ponytail doctor. The ponytail doctor. Um, and he's the one who's really got a relationship with his test subjects. Like he's really, he's not just working on the, the apes and doesn't care about them. Like he doesn't want them hurt. He doesn't want them experimented on the way the other doctors do. And he's you know, got a real fondness for them. Um, but he also has to come off as really smart. And so I like, mm-hmm. you know, I want somebody like who could, who, who would I believe would pull off these sort of emotional scenes, those, those tender moments with the apes. But also I could believe, you know, it was a scientist who was really smart. So I went with Paul Bettany. And his, he doesn't have to grow the ponytail. He can just be Paul Bettany. It's okay. Yeah. I, I, pretty much what I done. I didn't pick Paul Bettany, but I, I done the same thing. I want somebody I thought could be that type of actor. I, I didn't want to have a ponytail. But I went with Matt Damon. Could be really smart. You see him caring for apes and then want to stand up for what he believes in. I mean, I, I think Matt Damon could be really good at that one. That, that's a good pick. All right. I leaned a little more towards the nerdy scientist role than uh... – you know, Jason Bourne in Vision, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going more of the scientist route. I've yeah. got uh, Joel David Moore. Okay. You'll know him when you look him up. Uh, he's been in all kinds of stuff. Uh, I thought you were going to say Charlie Day. <laughs> no, that that would have been a good pick, too. Uh, look him up, you'll know. He's been in all kinds of stuff. He, he doesn't normally name? play main characters. Joel David Moore. Sam, you'll know him from Grandma's Boy. He played a... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can see him caring about the apes, and but also being the scientist role. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's not in, he, and I haven't saw him in anything in a while. I feel like he needs some work. He was in Dodgeball. He's been on Bones. He was on Bones TV show for a while. Oh, was he? Yeah. He's been doing a lot of TV work, it looks like. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I don't watch a lot of TV, so that's why I haven't saw him. All right. Well, our next uh, cast is Dr. Rhodes, and this is the um, uh, Dr. Burke's counterpart in San Francisco. And Josh, you're first on Dr. Rhodes. I went with Denai Guerrero, Michonne from The Walking Dead. I thought about her. Because I felt like she had a lot of intensity. Uh, and when the, her interactions with the colonel, I thought she would have been able to give him some lip and really kind of stand up to him. And I thought that would have been good. 
Well, the problem with that, though, is the colonel wouldn't have survived an encounter with Michonne. That's true. That's true. So, That's why I didn't cast Michonne. I cast Denai Guerrero. Yeah. <laughs> she she's a really good actress. She she's she getting typecast into the action stuff, but she's a really good actress too. Why with another great actress who is good at action? That was Gina Torres, Zoe from Firefly. Yeah, no. Nah, that's a good one too. Man, that's a really good one. I know, so I picked it. Uh, I was just thinking about my. I'm thinking about my pick now. I'm like, man, I, I don't. I think I had a really good pick, and I heard both of y'all are like, man. You can do what Josh does. Is yeah, I agree with Sam. It's Matthew McConaughey. Whenever you have a bad one, just agree with somebody went ahead. No, I still don't think I got a bad one. I think I have a really good one too. I think she's a a real strong female lead that that would be good at that stuff. And I picked her to play off Matt Damon when they're having their interactions and stuff, where they had a little banner. And I picked Carrie Washington. That's good. Yeah. I, I thought she'd be good really good too. at that too. Yeah. So I'm saying I think we all three had really good. All right. Uh, so Mr. Zookeeper. Um, I went. I, I did an ethnicity swap here. I wanted an older guy. It's pretty cool. Um, not like super old, but like I don't, th- I don't think Zookeeper was very old in this thing yet. I think I was probably what, late fifties, early sixties, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted somebody who would be memorable in that small role. So I'm with Antonio Banderas. Ooh, yeah. He's in that age range now. You know, I just, yeah. I mean, a little bit of action stuff going on, but that sort of sympathetic guy, memorable with a sw- with a small role. I thought he, I thought he'd kill that. No, that'd be really good too. He do kind of seeing the guys next to him just stabbing him. <laughs> Zoro. Anyhow, so oh, Josh goes next. No, I go next. Yeah. Sorry, I got thinking about Zoro. Bye bye. Anyhow, so I went with the same thing. I was thinking like I went with the older guy. Thought be good to action, but I still want to have him like be commanding because he's he's the leader of his people and all stuff. He won't take crap off my base. I want Jeff Bridges. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I really did. Yeah, sure right. did. Yeah. I, I consider Jeff Bridges too. He was on my my short list. Yeah, I consider Jeff Bridges for the Colonel too. I, I would, you know, was going to find some place for him on here. I I did too. I had, I had him down, but I just couldn't get Matthew McConaughey out of my head. So I, I really him. wanted to say Woody Harrelson because I kept thought he looked like Woody Harrelson, and then I realized that's who he is <laughs> in the movies, and <laughs> that's why he looks like him. Because <laughs> I wanted somebody with you know crazy eyes, and I'm like, oh, Woody Harrelson, that's him. Right, well, our last cast member is Bad Ape. And so, Sam, who's your voice actor for Bad Ape? Man, I wanted somebody that's not normally cast as a person you're, like, you're just emotionally attached to. But I think he's got a very unique voice. So I want Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I think he'd be really good doing that. I mean, he didn't have bring many lines or whatever. I, said, I don't know how he would do, but I think he's got an interesting voice. Okay, you've been in a very different direction than the uh, producers of the third movie. I, I know. I, I get that. You know, <laughs> and that's the thing, though. Like, I haven't seen the third movie. I don't know. Yeah. I was, but from what little I've seen of him, I was like, man, I, I want to see somebody hopefully evolve this character. Right, Josh? Yeah. I did not go with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I had my own pick <laughs> for this one. Uh, I went with uh, Elijah Wood. I was thinking we could probably even put him in the mocap, but I think he's got the really expressive eyes. Uh, so if we were able to translate some of that through... Uh, you know, I think he he gets that naive, innocent, you know, look across. So, yeah, Lashwood. Well, you're not going to top with it in the movie. Um, Steve Zahn uh, mm. 
did Bad Ape in the movie. And it was so good. Yep. Um, but I'm going to go with Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk can do anything voice-wise. I mean, he's memorable when he's doing chicken sounds. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alan Tudyk for Bad Ape. No, I think you guys him when you do uh, Idris Elba now. I had I had Idris Elba in for uh, uh, Doctor Burke for a while. And oh, I, I, you had I was thinking Zookeeper for you when you you talking Zookeeper. I was like I was thinking Idris Elba. Here he comes. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I didn't. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we're done. We're done with poor War for the Planet of the Apes. We've been too mean to it, Josh especially. I loved it. Uh, I wasn't mean. All right, uh, so Sam, why don't you preview our next pick for us? What, what are we doing next time? All right, so for next week, we have, I guess you would say, a listener request. And it's uh, my daughter. She wants us to do Avengers Disassembled. She read this and really enjoyed it and thought we'd have a good time with it. So I have the summary here. It says, it begins with the return of a team member thought dead. And by the time it's over, everything you know about the Avengers will have changed. It's the worst day in the team history as Earth's mightiest heroes try to deal with the shock and tragedy around them. Who is behind this and why? Will it tear them apart? Who will fall at the hands of the Avengers' greatest enemy? It says guest starring every Avenger, every Avenger ever. <laughs> and that's well, I'm looking we'll, forward to it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's a Marvel event I haven't read. So. And it's got some really good art. Yeah, I, 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 I flipped through it a little bit. It looked good. Yep. So it should be an exciting one. All right. Well, guys, it's enough of our nonsense uh, this evening. But um, if you enjoyed our little bit of nonsense, then uh, we've got some other podcasts for you. Um, throughout the rest of the network, we've got uh, Nerds of the Round Table, a movie and film review podcast hosted by me and Sammy and Dwayne. We've got One Thin Dime, Sammy's uh, podcast about the Golden and Silver Age of comic books. We've got <laughs> our little... Uh, Nichest of Niche podcast. I think I pronounced one of those wrong. Um, Zafram, a a podcast devoted to the works of Jeff Lemire. And we're finally getting away from Black Hammer. We're going into Sweet Tooth next week. So, uh, big happenings afoot there. (laughs) (laughs) It's afoot. All right. I think we're done here. Think so. Salute. See ya. Good night. Goodbye, Belgium. (laughs) 